In today's Message of Grace, Pastor Bruce Gellhorn examines worthiness and humility as it relates to Jesus' ministry and to ours. Let's listen. Uh, back in the early 90s, there was a popular movie called Wayne's World. Uh, it was one of these young teenage boy kind of movies, and uh, it's basically about these two guys named Garth and Wayne, but there's one scene where they meet their hero, Alice Cooper. And they meet Alice Cooper backstage, and uh, he invites them to hang with him for a while. And there's this one scene where they both are bowing down to him. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're just scum, they say. Well, in all three of our readings today, there is that sense of we're not worthy. From Isaiah, from Paul, and from Peter, we have three people basically saying to God and to Jesus, we're not worthy. In Isaiah, we hear Isaiah's call. Last week, we heard Jeremiah's call, and Jeremiah resisted the call by saying, I am only. Making an excuse, I'm only a boy. But Isaiah, when he receives the call, he doesn't give an excuse. He says, I'm not worthy. When it comes to your glory, Lord, woe is me. But he responds to the call by saying, here I am. You will hear the text. It's a familiar text. There's angels, seraphs with six wings. One of the seraphs takes a burning ember and touches it to Isaiah's lips to wash away the uncleanness of his lips. God calls. Isaiah says, I'm not good enough. And God calls us too. And sometimes we feel we're not good enough. But the response is, here I am. Send me. Reading from Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty. And the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. And each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered with their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And he said, Woe is me, I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And when the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs, the seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard a voice from the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, Lord, send me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. We went back to the 1990s for Wayne's World. We're going to go back even farther. When I was a youngster, 
Growing up in the 60s, my brother and I used to watch a popular cartoon called Popeye. And uh, Popeye would always say, I am, not I am, but it's like a yam, why I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Well, in the 10th verse of our second reading today, you're going to hear the Apostle Paul say, I am what I am. You see, the church in Corinth, there's many things that they are debating and many issues that Paul has to deal with. In today's reading, one of the issues is that they are questioning whether Christ really rose from the grave. And so in the reading today, you will hear Paul bear witness to this by lifting up the name of an individual and of a whole group that has seen the resurrected Christ and of also his own encounter on the road to Damascus, how he too has seen the resurrected Christ. And so he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. God's grace was not in vain. God's grace moved him. It affected him. It was the grace of God that saved him. Meeting Christ, being changed, called, lifted up, exalted by the grace of God, it still happens today. Let us listen. A reading from 1 Corinthians Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I have proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you have being saved, if you firmly hold to the message that I have proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed you, I handed on you as the as of the first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for his sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel for today is recorded in the fifth chapter of St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Once... While Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there by the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Simon said, then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The marvelous text there, is it not? Where Jesus is starting his ministry and crowds are gathering. And so uh, in order for people to hear him, because when you're in a crowd and everybody's in front of you, the people in the first three or four rows can hear you. But if you can kind of get back to a higher vantage point, your voice goes out over the crowd. Nowadays, we have microphones to help us do that. The sound comes from the speakers above. And if you're familiar with churches that dot the prairies that were built in the late 1800s or the early 1900s, a lot of times when the, for the pulpit, the minister had to go through the sacristy and take like about half a dozen steps up to this high kind of precipice to preach out to the people so the voice would go out. So we have Jesus there's a big crowd, so he gets a boat, and he kind of gets a little way from shore, and the water will help his voice to bounce so that the people can hear him. And that's, the story is not so much about his preaching, but the story is more about this great catch of fish, because we hear how when he goes there, there's two boats, and they're cleaning their nets, because when the nets spin in the water, and you throw it and pull it in and throw it out and pull it in. It gets full of seaweed and algae and other kinds of things. So you need to clean your nets. So there they are cleaning their nets. And Jesus is preaching and teaching. And uh, then he says, you know, let's uh, go back out fishing. Go a little deeper. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I just finished cleaning my net and had toiled all night and caught nothing, I'd say, yeah, right, Jesus. <laughs> now i got to get these things dirty and clean them again? You've got to be kidding me. Uh, but somehow they go out, and uh, they throw out their nets, and they catch such a huge catch that they have to call their friends in the other boat to come help them. And so they help them hauling these fish, so many so that both boats were sinking. And then when they get to the shore, Jesus calls them to follow him. And from now on, they'll be catching people. 
And so, so they follow him. You know, there's, there's many things going on in this story. First of all, there's failure, right? You know, they toiled all night and caught nothing. And I think we've all been there, where we've tried to do something, and despite our best efforts, despite the most work we put in and the energy put, we put in, there's no results. I think we've all been there. That sense of failure, okay, time to give up and move on to something else. This is where those disciples were that morning. But there's also a sense of miracle. And, and I know you're going to think, okay, it, the miracle is this great catch of fish. Well, there's several miracles. One is that they went back when their nets were cleaned and got them dirty again. There's another miracle in that there was the catch of fish, but that they followed, that they followed him. They gave up everything and followed because here they were you know people dream about the big one the big catch they dream about making the best business deal they can that big one oh here it is it's right there it's in the boat and they walk away from it they walk away it's amazing too because we read how the sons of Zebedee James and John were there the sons of Zebedee. Do you know what else they're referred to in scriptures as? James and John? Anybody? They're also referred to as the sons of thunder. Sons of thunder. So, sons of thunder, that means their dad thundered. And probably in our lifetime, we've all known of somebody like that who thunders, right? They're loud, they're boisterous, they express their opinions, they're right out there, they tell you what to do, they're in charge. That's their dad, right? Now they catch this huge catch of fish. Bye, dad, we're going to follow this Jesus. <laughs> You're leaving me with all this work? There's a miracle there that they followed. There's also humility. You know, I alluded to the humility in all three of these texts in my introduction to the first lesson by referencing Wayne's world. We're not worthy. There's humility here. When Peter realizes, he says, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. There's humility. Because Peter was the kind of guy who was out there speaking before he thinks. He's loud and boisterous too. But here he is, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. There's humility here. And humility is an aspect of the Christian faith. You know, once upon a time, there was a, a loud, boisterous minister who could sing good bass. He died. And he went up to heaven. And he joined the choir. And so he decided it was his job to direct the choir. So he directed... 10,000 sopranos and 10,000 altos and 10,000 tenors. And he's got these three groups, and they said, well, who's going to sing bass? Where's all? I'm going to sing bass. Kind of supposing that he could do it himself. Humility. It is an aspect of the Christian faith. The other thing about this text today, too, is Jesus, after Simon follows him, Jesus says, do not 
be afraid. Do not be afraid. That do not be afraid or don't be afraid or don't fear. Do you know how many times that's mentioned in the Bible? Anyone want to make a guess? Guess how many times don't be afraid or some form of that is mentioned in the Bible. You're afraid, right? <laughs> 119 times. 119 times it's mentioned in the Bible, don't be afraid. When Jesus is born, the angel announces to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Here in this text, don't be afraid. We have when Jesus is resurrected from the grave and the people go to the garden in the morning, there's an angel there again and the angel says, don't be afraid. It's a message that's woven throughout scriptures. Don't be afraid. You know, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of God and we don't have to be afraid of anything because God loves us just as we are. There's also a sense in this text too about a faith, our faith journey. Our faith journey. That there is a peace when we are confronted by the glory of God where we have that woe is me attitude of I'm not worthy. Coming before God and confessing. But then there's words of absolution and forgiveness. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But then there's a call to action, right? Come, follow me, and I will make you be fishers of people. It's about the faith journey. How we come in that attitude of humility, how God forgives us, and how God calls us to action. A call to launch out into the deep. That's what this is about too. To launch out into the deep. Come on out. Put your nets into the deep. You know, many churches in this day and age get fearful. We have that message of don't be afraid. But then sometimes that fear that we can't let go of causes us to be frozen with panic. But Jesus' call is always there. Don't be afraid. Launch out into the deep. Cast your nets. Share your faith. Because we're fishing for people. And we have the most glorious, the best message to share. Life everlasting. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.